Hi, I'm Rachel Dillon. And I'm Marcus Dillon. And this podcast is Who's Really the Boss, where we highlight the joys and challenges of running a business with your spouse or family. Our mission is to strengthen families and businesses by helping listeners avoid the mistakes we have made so they can lead and live happily ever after. Welcome back to another episode of Who's Really the Boss podcast. Today we have Marcus as always and a very special guest, an in-house, in-person guest, Charles Jenkins Jr., our director of tax. So welcome, Charles. Hey, thanks. Glad to be here. I don't know about very special, but yes, certainly. (laughs) Well, you know, that can be interpreted in many different ways. But anyway, go ahead and give us a little background or tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I'll start, um, I guess, just kind of professional background. I worked in regional public accounting firms. Uh, it's probably the, the previous 12 years before going to to uh, Dillon Business Advisors, Dillon CPAs at the time. Um, and so during that, during that 12 years, I worked for several different firms in several different cities. And because of that, I got a very wide variety of um, exposure to different things, some of the stuff I liked, and uh, obviously I was able to, to discover some of the stuff that I did not like very much and uh, was able to hone in on what I wanted to be my next and last stop. So professionally, I came from regional accounting firms, figured out what I, I didn't want to be doing, um, and so I ended up at Dillon Business Advisors. Ended up in Houston because of family, living here with my wife and two kids, and uh, I guess Houston is home now. That's excellent. And we're glad you ended up here. Uh, We are very thankful that you are a part of this team. And before we get too far into our conversation today, I wanted to ask you, Charles, what is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Uh, You know, I was thinking through that question and uh, I guess I didn't have a lot of verbal advice given. I think more of my advice was advice by example. Um, And so I would say probably the two things I took away from my parents is just the value of hard work. Um, Not only hard work, but making sure you do the best at whatever you're doing and and working hard at while you're doing it. And the other thing I think that I took away from them is just that on this earth, the only thing that's going to last forever is people. And so just valuing people um, and your time and your resources and your energy really should be in valuing um, people and making sure that that's top of the priority list. We love that, especially here, even within the business, um, we value people and families first. And so uh, I think that that is one of the reasons that you're such a great fit here. And today we wanted to talk all about the 2023 is when it occurred, but I guess appropriately the 2022 tax season uh, that we just finished up. So we are recording the day after the deadline. Charles, we appreciate you so much for working again, (laughs) even after um, kind of a a deadline day. Uh, We just really appreciate that. So wanted to get your input on how tax season really went this year. Yeah, I mean, this was uh, for me personally, I think probably the rest of the team, this was the best one yet. Um, We, you know, had uh, Dylan's Dylan business advisors the last few years have certainly implemented changes. Uh, I think changes that a lot of people would like to make at the firms that they're at that they just don't make um, in order to to make sure that uh, things run smoothly. So we had plans in place 
Uh, we had processes in place going into December and January. Um, February is always kind of a, a busy month for us here because we have so many touch points um, with the ongoing relationships that we have with our clients. Um, so historically, another first, maybe March and, and April are, are the worst month. February is kind of a big month for us to make sure we get a lot of those those returns out early um, and often. Um, and so, you know, mid-March, I had team members saying they were, they had free time and asked me if I needed any help, see if I needed anything. And I was just thinking, man, that's <laughs> that's not something I'm usually accustomed to hearing in the middle of March. So, um, yeah, I thought it went great. Um, most of our plans, I think, paid off. Most of the processes we put in place played off. Um, you know, we worked more hours than maybe we wanted to, which uh, still wasn't a lot, maybe just the last couple of weeks. Um, but overall, I thought it went great. Yeah. Marcus, overall, how do you feel like tax season went? Oh, it was it was great till I got involved and started changing <laughs> things up on people. So, um, but it's good to hear that feedback from Charles. I, I think it, it was better than last year and the year before. And so you just keep improving and the little changes that we make and the big changes that we make hopefully pay off um, during that season. Uh, kind of mixed emotions today because it's for most of our friends in the industry, it's like that celebration day of, you know, you just ran the race and it's the high of being done. Um, so we don't have that. Like it was just anticlimactic as Charles said earlier this morning. Um, we were wrapped up for the most part on the 12th or the 13th, uh, just making sure stuff didn't blow up along the way. Um, but yeah, it's, we miss the celebration of it being over, <laughs> but we don't miss, uh, the grind of the two to three months before that. And I think that's the, the trade-off that will, will easily give up kind of that party, that day off or that rest of the week off or a more balanced life the majority of the year. Um, the the one thing that I will say, the team did a great job. Charles led that effort. Uh, we made some changes with transitions and team members, um, as mentioned previously. And I think everybody stepped up and handled things the right way. And um, nothing was missed to our knowledge yet. Um, you know, everybody was still handled. Every Every payment was made. Every extension was filed that needed to be filed. I feel like from a customer service standpoint, the same or higher level as we've seen in the past. So that checks the boxes there as well. Um, this is also the first year where um, we have fewer and fewer tax clients in our queue, in our care. Uh, and that's, you know, part of grading of clients and getting them over to other firms that can serve them better. So uh, this is probably the least amount of tax clients that we've had in the program in in years and that also helps um, because as we've mentioned before last year kind of our takeaway was these annual relationships kind of come in the door and how do you serve them whenever you've been serving monthly relationships at a very high level of service and it kind of confuses the clients the team everybody but i think we had fewer of that this year so that's definitely a win compared to last year yeah absolutely 
Well, that's awesome. Well, for me, tax season went phenomenally. I did not step into one piece of tax season. Uh, I did help make a couple of phone calls, but when I say a couple, I literally mean a couple. I spent less than an hour total um, trying to help people get their signature forms in. And so it was absolutely incredible. So shout out to all of our team members who directly and indirectly help with the tax process, but Deidre has taken over everything that I once did long ago and does an excellent job. And then Charles has taken over pretty much everything Marcus did in the tax uh, process and has done an excellent job. So thanks. Yeah, Charles, you and your team. Amazing. Yeah, every morning I'd check with Charles and say, you know, good morning. You need anything for me today or need me to jump in? Just praying he'd say i need i need to go knock out this return or go review this return um he never did and you know it was one of those like the only returns i did were the ones that you know our family returns or the business returns that we're responsible for and i reviewed some along the way but um i had a chance in the last week to kind of help with one return and i it kind of scratched that itch uh that i've been having i guess for a few weeks uh but it was good um everything was handled there by both Charles, Deidre, the rest of the team were on their game this year. So Charles, uh, we've talked about, you know, how we, we saw the season wrap up. How do you feel, how do you feel the team felt and how much they worked during tax season? I know you kind of spoke a little bit of that, but how overall was morale and just hours? Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's interesting to talk about the team because outside of me, there's only one person that actually does full-time tax um, and she doesn't work full-time. Uh, so everybody else has their, you know, their monthly responsibilities with the uh, accounting service clients that they, that they, uh, that they serve. And then they just kind of jump into tax um, for this time period. Uh, last year after tax season, there, there was some, some bigger hours and, and y'all kind of mentioned that we had transitioned some clients that, just didn't really fit the model that we were we were looking at anymore, um, and so that that obviously helps. But then uh, now, uh, you know, I would log in and I would look at timesheets and I would look at my own. And uh, after last season, we kind of said that we wanted forty five hours to be sort of that cap that people would work. Um, I don't think anyone worked overtime until the end of March. Uh, I, I probably did a little bit, but I don't think any of the other team members did. Um, and I think part of probably one of the main reasons that anyone worked overtime just the last couple of weeks is some of the transitions that just need to occur inside the organization, not necessarily related to tax specifically. Um, you know, we kind of have different buckets of, of tax. There's sort of these annual clients that, like we said, Deirdre does a great job uh, handling. Um, she's a rock star. Molly takes care of her stuff. Um, and then all the controllers, like we said, we were able to get those out early in the season. And so, uh, you know, there wasn't a big time crunch once that came around. Yeah, uh, that's that's great. Um, just reviewing because I had to run payroll today. I can echo that um, the last two weeks, you know, the two weeks in April um, was a little bit higher for a couple of team members, you included. But other than that, you know, it was 45 hours um, going into the last two weeks of the season where it's all hands on deck. And that's also, as mentioned, pushing through transitions, kind of realigning some clients, mm -hmm. um, certain team members taking over clients that were kind of in process and doing a more thorough 
preparation or review than they normally would. Um, and the hope is on the other side of that realignment and those people now being fully with their team of three is that next year will be that much better and the relationships will be stronger with the client. So um, I can definitely back that up with where what you saw as well. Um, from a, I guess from a nerves perspective or an overall feeling of the team, touchy feely kind of question, um, people felt for the most part, I think anxious is what I saw the last two weeks because really being driven by that realignment. They didn't want to miss mm. something or, or find out that something hadn't been done incorrectly or not at all. Um, so that anxiety was probably more around the new clients that were assigned to new team to team members. Um, not necessarily anything driven by stuff that was in the door, I guess you could say, or waiting to come in the door is what I saw. Is that what you think as well? Yeah. I mean, it wasn't even, uh, yeah, I talked to, to another person about this this morning. It wasn't even hours. It's not like we worked 50 or, you know, 60 hours, 70 hours over the last two weeks. It was more just the disruption in process. Um, people had a process with their clients and then transition happened. And then there was a kink in that process. Um, and so just like you said, making sure that stuff didn't fall through the cracks, uh, double checking, double checking, triple checking, having multiple team members checking. Um, so yeah. Any stress that was felt was was more related to just making sure that clients were served um, and stuff was stuff that needed to happen was happening, and not so much that there was this great increased burden or workload. Yeah, I think yeah. notable during that time as well, from April first to April fifteenth, that's our dedicated time for the accounting services for the monthly accounting services, and so our controllers who do tax preparation and review, they also are reviewing financials and adding commentary to that and sending that out. And kind of our promise to clients is to have that to them by the 15th. So they again had another kind of high volume of work come in right there at the end. So not only are they tying up loose ends, checking on new clients, but then also doing their normal uh, monthly accounting roles uh, at the same time. So all of those things combined just add a little bit more to the deadline for us. And thankfully, we don't have such a huge volume that it completely, you know, throws everybody into a frenzy during that time of year. So it's definitely been a work in progress to get to that point, uh, because it could definitely, the wheels could definitely fall off during that time if there was too high of a volume of annual only engagements. Right. Yeah. And just on that point, I think it, you know, some other stops that I've been at, it's just something changed. You need to go get it done. Um, it doesn't really matter how, how much you have to work, how long it takes. I think that one great aspect of working here and especially with the team of three is like you said, the controllers who are doing the tax work had, uh, just a lot of responsibilities related to their accounting service those first few months. And because we function more as a team and they have the team at three, sometimes the CFOs are able to come in um, and just relieve some of the burden to help them out when they need it. Let's talk numbers. How many returns did we actually prepare and file by uh, April 18th was our deadline this year in 2023, but by the deadline, how many were prepared and filed? So we actually filed... I'm going to say 280, 275, 280. Um, 
to some that might seem like a lot to some that might need, seem like not very much. Um, you know, I think that we've probably transitioned quite a few clients each year, the last few years, uh, but inside of that 280, once again, you have to remember that we really have only two full-time tax people. Um, and the person that the other full-time tax person, most of our clients are, are, uh, big families and big relationships. And most of those were not even included in that 280 returns that was filed. So, um, yeah, the good chunk of that was, was related to the businesses that we do accounting services for, uh, and the personal returns that are, that are related to those businesses. Yeah. The, the great thing is we only have, I think today we have less than 500 clients in the tax return, like those can be, okay. Those can be family groups. Those can be kids returns and multiple different things. Um, which is awesome. We, at one time after, uh, merging in another client block, we were over 2000 in the mm-hmm. tax program. It's just a lot of, uh, I think back to those days and there was a lot of stress. There's a lot of different relationships to maintain. So as you mentioned, we serve, um, some like, I would say 12 to 15 large family groups mm-hmm. with Molly and she's kind of her own pod, so to speak. And she serves them really, really well throughout the year. A lot of those go on extension because of different complexity that's there. Um, and then the other, that's probably 150 returns, I would say, 150 to 200 are in her care. No, yeah, probably 150 to 200 or so. Yeah. And then the others are, um, you know, the 275 to 300 remaining would be, um, you know, our CAS clients where it's the return. Maybe there's a real estate entity, the personal return, maybe a kid return. Um, and that's, that's pretty much it, you know, and that's kind of how we've done it. So I remember way back in the day where it was like, we were trying to get out hundreds of returns a week, you know, to review and then push those out. And then whoever came in on a Monday to send those returns out to a client, you know, uh, for signature, it was a, a bad Monday. And yeah, it's just a different process now. It's a different feel for sure. Okay, let's think back to that a little bit better because there was that that person would have been me, <laughs> and it wasn't <laughs> waiting until a Monday because there would have been no catching up at that point. So that was back when yeah. we were working like <laughs> Saturday, Sunday because there was just no way to keep up with that volume without working pretty much seven days a week, not necessarily 12 hours a day, seven days a week, but uh, definitely having to put in some work both days of the weekend to make that happen. So I remember old, old office, uh, like where we had folders with routing sheets and it was Mm -hmm. just like, get it to me because I'd rather be the bottleneck and not the team be a bottleneck and I'll just crank through it and get it out of review and over to you to push out over the weekend. And there would just be stacks and stacks and stacks. And then people would come into my office and be like, you've got to review all that. And I'm like, those are reviewed. I just needed to invoice these. Right. So it's like, I did the work. Now I need to bill for the work. And that's the other pain point that a lot of people are in probably today. They're trying to figure out, okay, we did all this work the last few months. Now we need to invoice for our time or, or Mm -hmm. go get paid. Um, which is a, like, it's awful way to do business. Um, and it's just, we're not there anymore. And thankfully we're not there. Yeah. I think back to that, the, just the billing aspect, because if if I wasn't here now doing this, this podcast, if I was a different firm, I'd be doing billing the next two days and 
trying to reach out to team members. What did you do? Why is, why is there so much time in it? Do I need to build? I mean, yeah, it's, there's a lot, there's a lot of ways that other people do things that just don't. They may have given you today off or Friday (laughs) off or something, but still it's, yeah. Yeah. And then the client forgot what they, what you did for them, you know, in the interim, they're like, Oh, I had a tax return that we filed prepared, but, but April 15th or April 18th this year is always a tricky. I think it's the, the hardest deadline day because you've got your 2020 or your prior year tax, your current year estimated tax payment, which are white glove service. We usually handle those for clients. So it's making sure that those are both paid in and good. Um, You've also got local compliance things around sales tax and property tax renditions that are also due that we don't want to extend. And then you've got the promise of the financial statements going out by the 15th and the controllers are involved in that. So it's, you know, it's quite a few things that all come to a head right there. So. Charles, what were some of the processes that were put in place this year uh, that made tax season go even better than last year? Yeah. So we've already mentioned transitioning some clients and that helped, I think that helped largely the sort of March, April crunch. Um, and especially with, uh, with Deirdre, um, some of the other stuff is we tried to figure out what the bottlenecks were. Uh, a lot of the bottlenecks would be that something would kind of get through prep. Um, I would be looking at it and I would need to make some changes or there would be some sort of adjustment that the client would usually have for us or some sort of permission that we would need to get from the client. So we just tried to create a checklist, eliminate all, eliminate all of those bottlenecks in December, gather all the information we could. And since we're so communicative with our clients, um, you know, that's a pretty, pretty easy step to do. So part of it was eliminating bottlenecks. And I think that we were able to achieve that largely. Um, the other step I think was just automating a lot of it. Uh, we have data in all these different places with QBO and, and ultra tax, um, with technology where it is, it seems like those things should be able to communicate with one another rather than just taking data manually, entering it somewhere else. Um, and then on the 1040 side, trying to figure out what the automation process would look like for that. So, um, we wanted to automate the preparation step as much as possible and some of the work papers just to take some of the tediousness out of it. And also just to shift our controllers that have so much tax experience from just being people that enter data to the data gets entered for you. And then you're able to actually do planning and review um, and look at stuff more high level and really provide a better service. Yeah. And we had tested uh, two or three different softwares that did that import function, uh, Tally4, and Mm -hmm. ultimately landed on Onvio Trial Balance, Onvio TV, which is what we use for our time and billing and uh, Mm -hmm. project management piece. So Onvio is just using that software in that manner. And there were some delays, some frustrations around um, that service at points, but it's still paid off in the end um, that people weren't keying returns. Right. Charles, what are some differences? You mentioned some things that you might be doing today if you were at another firm. You mentioned a a couple differences uh, from what it was like where you were before and how you landed with DBA. Are there any other differences between uh, being here at DBA that you haven't mentioned yet that you wanted to touch on? Yeah, I mean, I think some of the biggest stuff is 
um, being willing and not only willing, but actually eager to make changes. Some of the stuff that, you know, I first met with, with, uh, with you and Marcus were ideas that I already had in my head, for instance, uh, you know, seemed like at, at all the firms that I was at, there would be just a few clients that would consume all of my time. Um, we couldn't even really build them that much. And so in, in my mind, we should look at our client lists and help people transition to somebody that would, they would, they would allow them to be served better. Um, but at other firms, it's just, it's just growth up all cost. Um, you just, you know, you're kind of the expectation that you're going to let your people take it on the chin. Um, and so the fact that that's not the mindset that we want the clients that we have, we want to serve them well. Um, and they want them to be a good fit for us also. Um, so that is one big change. Um, and so, sort of going along with that is right now, well, I'd be doing billing, but you also, you know, it's just the, the kind of the going saying, look, it'll be better next year, but will it, <laughs> you know, you're not actually going to change anything. You know, you might tweak small things here and there, but it's assumed that you're going to work this many hours. Um, it's not going to be, it's not going to be great. It's going to be the same. So just the fact that we're willing to make changes, we're here to make changes, um, is really the biggest difference that I would, that I would bid on. Well, the other 2023 was pretty quiet. We did have the uh, from a tax law legislation standpoint um, so far. I, I think we saw the PTE thing kind of start at the beginning of the season mm -hmm. with out-of-state clients. That was kind of a curveball that we didn't have to deal with um, too much because uh, our client base is mostly Texas. Mm -hmm. And um, the other the other piece that's probably different with DBA than it is at other firms you've worked with in the past is we are remote um, office. And so anything you want to add there with either the pros or maybe even the cons of being remote uh, in a season like tax? Yeah. I mean, in a season like tax being remote, being remote is always great. <laughs> as long as you have a good uh, social structure at home, even the, you know, there's been times in the past I've thought maybe I should go to work in the office and then I spend 20 minutes getting ready and, 20 minutes driving, I think, uh, probably not, but yeah, especially in tax season, um, when, you know, you, you, you cut that time out when you really need to be devoting it to other stuff and, and even being remote. Another big change is I like everyone here. I like everybody that I work with. I mean, other firms, I would like some people, um, but certainly not everybody. Um, so. The remote has been great and allows you to really just buy your time back and spend that on your family, other interests, uh, doing stuff outside of work, even though it is tax season. Um, and then once again, just enjoying the people you're working with and knowing that everyone has a, a similar uh, work ethic and you're really all working towards the same goal. One of my tax seasons and it was, I left the office of the firm I was in and drove home, you know, it was, so early in the morning and then you're going to bed in your bed for maybe a few hours just to get right back up again. And it's kind of like the equivalent of drunk driving, you know, at that time of night, just because it's right. like totally zoned out. And I think about how unsafe that was. And then you transition to, okay, well you can work from home, but then you're going to log back in after a right. certain point and then grind throughout the night and your, your head still doesn't hit the pillow until, um, early in the morning because you've got things and then you wake up and do it all over again. So I, I think it's just, we've learned from the different stops and in, in all of our careers of what is the best mix for us and our team and everybody's 
experience has led them to this point uh, in life and in their career. So I think that's that's great that we can lean into that more even so now versus have the mindset of it has to be an office or it has to, right. you know, I have to see you to manage you. So, right. Yeah. One other, sorry to go back to the question. One other big difference between um, here and other firms that I was at uh, is just, just the contact that we have with the clients throughout the year. Um, I'd be willing to bet that especially in my early years, 90% of the clients that I would work on, I had no idea what the business actually did. Uh, I didn't know who they were. I didn't know the owners. I didn't know the people. Uh, so you're not looking for ways to benefit them. You're not looking for ways to save them tax dollars. You're not looking for ways to make their business better. You're just cranking. It's just a cog in the machine. It's just revenue coming in the door. Um, and so having that relationship, getting to know the people and really wanting to benefit their business um, as much as possible is, is a huge change. Yeah, that's good. What's the one thing that, you know, you and the team want to work on before really extensions are wrapped up even, you know, September, October deadline? Uh, <laughs> you know, there's a couple of things. One of them is a little scary. Um, part of it is just once again, fine tuning um, the process. Like I said, we, we changed some of the processes, uh, but even in talking to the team members, it was still taking a little longer than I think I was, I was anticipating that it would. Um, and I don't know that I don't think that it was the team members that was making it take longer. I think there was just once again too many steps in the process. So tweaking that, um, getting everybody together, and then fine tuning that. And then one of the other things that we're looking at, um, and this is maybe a little scary for putting pressure on the team, but uh, we're considering trying to work on some sort of uh, like the Domino's Pizza app type uh, tracker, where you know if we say we have a two or two to three week turnaround, uh, you know client brings their information in, they would get some sort of update that says, hey, we received your information. That tax return has moved to preparation phase and they get some sort of update that says it's moved and then so on and so on throughout the process. So they're just aware. Uh, once again, we're, we're big here at, at communication, um, having clients uh, know where things stand and where they stand. And so we think that, that would be a huge uh, just win, allowing them to be really more involved in the process and know where they stand. On the flip side, yeah. that obviously puts a lot more pressure on <laughs> on the team, uh, you know, to stick to that two to three week turnaround. And uh, now it's just top of mind that, hey, I got this notification two weeks ago, but I haven't heard anything. So, um, yeah, yeah we're, we're looking at that. And I think it's something we want to implement, um, figure out how to use that inside of our systems. But then once again, we'll have to make sure that all those processes are nailed down so that we can stay true to what we promise. Yeah, I think it'll be uh, it'll be a nervous start to that but it'll help hold people accountable right, help right on both sides the client and the team member and we see it in life and that's who we as a business are up against we're up against the amazons the DoorDash mm -hmm. of the world that just ordered lunch and i know that the order was placed i know when it was prepped i know when it was picked up and i knew when it was dropped off and so i think if you apply that client or customer mindset to other aspects of of life it's like yeah if if DoorDash and if Domino's can do it, why can't we? So I think it all goes back to communication. And I think that that even that just 
giving clients kind of a status update has been an evolution. It's been a process. So we have used portals and Lysio and different things for uploading documents for years. But what would happen is there would be more than one message come through. So the client would upload something, then they would email to say they uploaded it. Did I get it? And if they didn't hear back within whatever they thought was a a good timeline, then they would call. And so that cut down. Uh, we started responding to every upload. That was easy enough when we would download something that the clients had sent over. We could respond and say, files received, thank you. We didn't have to give advice or any answer questions or anything like that, but just let them know, yes, we got it. So that cut down probably on a lot of communication for Deidre. And so this is just one more step because what we notice now, people aren't asking, did you get my files? Uh, now they're kind of asking, can you give me a status? Do you know when it'll be completed? And so this will just kind of help with her communication since she does touch pretty much every single client and tax return that comes through the door. This will just give her a little bit more runway. The thing that it that we are trying to solve for is not adding, you know, five extra steps to her already long process of the administrative side of the tax process. And so um, I think it'll be excellent. I think clients, I think it'll be very well received by clients once right. it's up and running. Right. Yeah. And anything, I mean, Deirdre is such a, such a rock star in everything she does. Any, any time that we can take away from thankless tasks, like tasks like that, that just use her time and, <laughs> transition that to something more value add, I think is, is a huge benefit. Yeah, for sure. Any other final comments on how this tax season really went? Do we have any like huge uh, fallouts or problems or issues that arose during the season that we need to leave people with? We hate to always paint like a highlight reel and just it was so good and it was our best one yet. Are there any things that went wrong or, you know, caused any chaos in the process. We could circle back in a few weeks and see if we get any IRS <laughs> notices. But so so far, I mean, the only the only real concern I have is how do we make next year better? Because uh, yeah. that one was pretty good. Yeah, I think the only thing that comes to mind, Rachel, is the clients that we've kept around, like they're not part of the, the core model or they're not with uh, a pod like Molly in that situation where she serves them fully and things. Um, those are the clients that just like we saw last year, it's like, okay, what do we do here? Like we have to make, we have to go scrub their whole year of accounting and make journal entries and do that. Like that's, and then they mess it all up next year and we have to do that again. So we still have a handful of those that they kind of, they're a process outside of the regular process now. And uh, those are the ones that add confusion. So, yeah, well, sounds like it was pretty uneventful then. And so that is always good news. We do like to say boring is beautiful over here. And so yeah. um, thank you again, both Marcus for helping lead the change in this firm, like in our own firm, and then Charles for leading the team and serving the clients so well this tax season. We really appreciate you. Well, hey, I just appreciate the chance to be here. It's definitely, definitely allowed me to thrive in other areas of my life uh, and not have to make it up to my wife for the next two months. 
that that is a great um comment because i do remember it was either after the first or the second tax season when marcus and i were first married he actually bought me a gift because he felt so bad for being like he bought me a purse and i was like what is this for and he's like i mean i haven't been around much lately <laughs> so that eliminates the need for some huge i guess makeup gift or something like that after the end of the deadline so yeah that is that is a great point to make there too all right well thanks again charles thanks rachel for leading the conversation all right see you guys later thanks for hanging with us to the end of another episode if you have thoughts comments or feedback you would like to share please leave us a comment or review on your favorite podcast listening platform be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes Join us again next week for another great conversation.